Recorded live at Toxin Tasting Studios, it's the Clerical Errors Podcast. The podcast that shows you what's behind the collar. Let's go. From the Tox and Tasting Studio, this is the Clerical Errors Podcast, a show that shows you what's behind the collar. I'm Bullhagen. I'm Berg. And I'm Vicker. Welcome to the show. Uh, so, uh, Berg, you've been busy. I have been. Yeah, we've kind of hinted at this a little bit in the, the show, but you have not been on to tell everyone on the podcast your news. Yes. There's I have. been an elephant in the room. Indeed, a white elephant. <laughs> so I have accepted a call to serve uh, in at Trinity Lutheran Church and School as an associate pastor and headmaster of their uh, classical Lutheran school. So, Where's that at? Cheyenne, Wyoming. Whoa. Oh. So we'll have a second. <laughs> yeah, Wyomingite. Right. So what does this mean for the show? The show. This means for the show is uh, we're still doing it, right? Yeah, put, put some more money in and we can... <laughs> <laughs> we have a Slide Patreon. Slide the credit card a couple more times. <laughs> <laughs> so what do you, what, uh, so uh, yeah, I mean, we were trying to, we're going to keep it going, and the plan is right now to have you on... Twice a month. Twice a month. So, because I notice when you're not on, the downloads are lower. Oh. So, we kind of need you, not to pressure you. Yeah, or there's great chemistry here. <laughs> we, we talked about what t- last time about how the podcast may have gotten Peter some job opportunities. Oh, yeah? Because they all, whenever he interviewed, they wanted to talk about the podcast a little bit. Nice. Living the so, dream. I'm yeah, wondering, right. <laughs> I'm wondering if this had anything... It's true. I mean, we're we're pretty rad. In Wyoming, they're like, well, we have this guy. We heard a podcast. It's true. <laughs> and what are you drinking there, Berg? Well, I decided to pregame this, so, you know, <laughs> for the audience, you know, I took one for the team here. Uh, this is, uh, Vicar actually brought this. This is a Kugel's Toasted Bach, so it's pretty rad. Vicar, you're doing great. And Thank then you. we need some, uh, yeah, Bullhagen brought an amazing bottle. Which well, I hope he shares with the rest of the right, class. Because usually, because we're going to try and do two episodes. And I, is this going to be your last time in studio? Unless you guys pay to fly me back. <laughs> <laughs> so I wanted to get something good. So um, not the last time on the podcast, people. Right. Just in studio. In studio. So I, I got for some. Now. <laughs> yes, for now. Maybe we'll all just move out to Wyoming and, you know. Yeah. Enjoy freedom there. Yeah, because uh, probably it'll be less nuclear fallout out there. <laughs> yeah. Vicar, what are you drinking? Well, I've yet to open it, but I've got a Exile Brewing this. Company, a Ruthie Gold Lager. And I have so, some Añejo tequila. What was, what was that, Peter? I was going to say, he. you mentioned he had something nice there, but not what it was. So, Yeah. FYI, I've got Crown Apple and Sprite. Living, <laughs> living the dream. Oh, did you want some vicar? I'll I'll drink this beer. Okay. You know I've been, uh, you know, re-listening to a lot of country music here lately. So uh, <laughs> trying to fit in, you huh? know. <laughs> you know, and uh, there's this song which is pretty terrible, but uh, it's about uh, tequila, right? Which we're drinking right now, and. Uh, do you, do you know what I'm talking about there, Vicar? It has a side effect. Is that what you're talking it, it about? It does have a side effect, right? 
the that one or the new one? There's a new tequila oh, song too. No, really? Oh man, I think so. I hate modern country. I mean, give me the country of like, you know, Johnny Cash. Well, and even you know, like early '90s and back. Right. You know, or my uncle Garth. Yeah, I mean, you know, beaches of Cheyenne. It's amazing. Where I can still make Cheyenne, awesome. So, yeah, because uh, it's kind of. It's almost the same music as pop music with a twang. Today, yeah. If you just sing it with a twang, it's country. Well, and a lot of them. Well, with the exception of like the Zach Brown band, um, Eric Church, I think has some really, you know, kind of rustic who's, sounds. Who's a guy with a really grovelly voice? Um, he's pretty good. Anyways. But I mean, when Hootie from Hootie and the Blowfish, also aka Darius Rucker, uh, started singing country, I mean, you know. It's a pretty big cross. But, you know, Johnny Cash also was kind of a paradigm-shifting figure, too, in the 60s and 70s. Yeah, so. he was. So, I mean, you know, can't judge too harsh. So, Well, I am not quite done with this, but I have something for you. All right? Um, is it a cake CD? No. Well, this is, uh, this is a, a hot tune that's coming out of the Clerical Heirs record company. Okay. And uh, what I've done is uh, I'll give you a... I'm not done with it yet. We're working on it, but I have a sneak peek for you. Oh, boy. Of, of something that we've been working on. You want to hear it? I do. I do want to hear it. All right, here we go. Oh, yeah. Don't sleep on me. When I'm up on my ring, can't you see? It's your soul that I'm trying to save. save. You may be wondering how it is that I'm so brave. brave. I can drive off of my payback. You a slave. Don't sleep on me when I'm on my rave. Can't rave. you see? It's your soul that I'm trying to save. Now you save. may wonder how it is that I'm so brave. brave. Cause I can drive off of my payback. You a conclave. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so for some of the listeners... <laughs> they have to decide. Are they going to invest or not? Yeah. Uh, for the listeners here, uh, uh, can you... Victor, you want to tell them, give them some context here of what oh, was uh, <laughs> Look, what, what was that all about? Well, we had this preacher we listened to. It was a Vicar Don't Do That. Wow. Yeah, he's showing me the lyrics here, and uh... Uh, the lyrics are courtesy of actually Peter. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm adding some street cred to it. <laughs> Peter, what yeah, do you no, think of I'm... that intro so far? Uh, could use some better mixing. I'll be honest with you. Okay, I'll give you but, that. Uh, not bad, not bad. <laughs> so you know this this uh, <laughs> this hymn of the Christian faith will be. Uh, ready to download in the near future. So where can they uh, maybe either purchase this as an MP3 or, uh, <laughs> or uh, you know? Uh, I'm not sure if we're going to ready to purchase this yet. Really? We're not. Uh, once it comes out, maybe we'll put it on Spotify. Right. Okay. I, w- <laughs> I, w- I will. Maybe I'll put, I'll, we, we can make this available for a ringtone. <laughs> hey, that would, be, I would actually, I don't know how to do that for my phone, but I would definitely get that. Yeah, so... It was the the episode two weeks ago that really struck a chord. The the vicar don't do this, where where I, someone noticed that I I and Vicar were like don't do this, and and Berg was this is awesome. Yes, <laughs> it's true. 
So yeah, I you know, hey, there's some real magic going on here, right? So people should actually donate. Yeah. Right? I mean, I mean, what other podcast is going to give you what I just gave you? None that I can think of. Right. So, you know. I think that's the music you want to roll up in Cheyenne playing out of hey, your trunk. Hey, if it's, if it's ready in like two weeks, <laughs> I am, you know. Right? The new pastor. And once that, like Wyoming three, money three, roll, you know. once that Wyoming money rolls in, you will have an enclave, won't you? It's true. <laughs> Ten-gallon hat, sunglasses. So, yeah, it's a good time uh, uh, for us to, to kind of have a lighthearted. It's not been a, a lighthearted, very lighthearted day for the news. No. Or, you know. No. So, yeah. So, because uh, um, all that, uh, I'm going to start. I'm with this mind frame. I'm going to think of it, hear the text, because I'll be honest. I was going to work on the sermon today, but I chose to work on a rap instead. <laughs> so, <laughs> I mean, like, are we actually surprised at this yeah. point? I mean, Look, you know, you taught me in this podcast the importance of leisure. <laughs> it's true. And you succeeded. I mean, you produced something that's pretty good. So, yeah. You really think you really think it's pretty good? I do. Like, it's uh are there improvements that could be made? I think so, but, you know, and I think Peter thought so, but <laughs> honestly, I think, I mean, who else has done that? Right. I mean, most people, like, I'm getting so sick of these kids, you know, with their uh, video games and that sort of stuff. It's amazing, and I, I know it's a little out of date, but that whole Minecraft thing. Yeah. You know, so these kids can spend hours and hours building this, you know, fictional world, but, like, they half-heartedly sweep the floor. So, I mean, you actually did something real. Right? I mean, that's awesome. So I wish more people would do real stuff. So so what is our text? What are you preaching on? I'm preaching on, Vicar. <laughs> well, it's from Luke chapter 18. Oh, by the way, I have something to say. I have a question for the guys before you get to that. Okay. Has anybody actually told Hannah you're moving? Well, she just found out right now. <laughs> so, you know. Surprise! I'm sure it came up in the last producer's meeting. Yeah. How? Yeah. Does that is that a yeah. thing? Um. Ev- yeah. Every every single meeting we talk about you actually, Berg. I know. Every meeting we've had, we talk exclusively about you. You know, my ears are are burning most of the time, so I I understand. Wait, this is smooth. I like this. It is. You should. Uh, you know, red solo <laughs> cup. Yeah, we're drinking this fancy tequila. Out of Your clothes are staying cups. on, uh, Berg. <laughs> Is that a Toby Keith song? Yeah, it's it is. All right, <laughs> what are we <laughs> preaching on? The Holy Gospel according to Luke chapter eighteen. Taking the twelve, Jesus said to them, "See, we are going up to Jerusalem, and everything that is written about the Son of Man by the prophets will be accomplished. For he will be delivered over to the Gentiles, and will be mocked and shamefully treated and spit upon. And after flogging him, they will kill him." And on the third day, he will rise. But they understood none of these things. This saying was hidden from them, and they did not grasp what he said. As he drew near to Jericho, a blind man was sitting by the roadside begging. And hearing a crowd going by, he inquired what this meant. They told him, Jesus of Nazareth is passing by. And he cried out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And those who were in front rebuked him, telling him to be silent. 
But he cried out all the more, Son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stopped and commanded him to be brought to him. And when he came near, he asked him, What do you want me to do for you? He said, Lord, let me recover my sight. And Jesus said to him, Recover your sight, your faith has made you well. And immediately he recovered his sight and followed him, glorifying God. And all the people, when they saw it, gave praise to God. Well, this is a a great text to prepare for Lent, right? Because you good there? Yeah, I'm just looking at the interlinear stuff, so... Oh, okay. Um, And uh, as Jesus talks about his death, I like the interplay that this text has, has with the disciples. Not understanding, and the blind man understanding. Even knowing who he is, son of David. Right. Have mercy on me. And this is a great attitude as Jesus approaches his death. What is faith? Faith is... Believing without believing seeing. Believing and, and the cry for mercy. Mm-hmm. So uh, now I have to think of Vicar. Put your thinking cap on. How might this apply if people are concerned about the news, what's happening in Ukraine and all that? How might this apply to that? Well, right now they'd be crying out to God to have mercy on them. Mm-hmm. You know? And we have two things here that are pretty horrible, right, in this text. What is, what is one? Jesus saying he was going to have to suffer, be flogged, and mm-hmm. die. Spit on. Right? Which led to what? Our redemption. And you had a man who was blind, which led to faith. Right? Yep. I mean, if he wasn't blind, would he be searching out Christ? Probably not. So as people are worried, this is going to be horrible, man, which it could be. Uh, Does that mean God isn't still doing his thing? Nope. What do you got for us, Berg? (laughs) Okay. Well, that was really enthusiastic, so. (laughs) All right. So you guys haven't had enough tequila to drink yet, so. No. There you go. So uh, the parallel passage here is Mark 10, 46 through 52, and we find out the beggar's name. Do you guys know the beggar's name or the blind man's name? Bartimaeus. Bartimaeus. What does Bartimaeus mean? It means honorable son. Oh. Think of a way of preaching that, right? Honorable son, right? Because uh, he is honorable in that he gives the you know Jesus the honor that he deserves. Uh, he actually gets it. Right when he calls Jesus the Son of David, mm-hmm. right he makes the good confession. Right that when you use the word Son of David, what are you really referring to? The Messiah, right? right? And he says, "Have mercy on me." Right. He doesn't just simply ask for his uh, for his sight to be restored. Right. He doesn't say, "Jesus, Son of David, heal my sight." Right. Yeah. His, but he gr- actually, his greater need he understands his greater need. Right, and he appeals to God's mercy. Right, which is. The thing, you know, the the one attribute about God that we always need to keep in mind, right? That what is mercy? Mercy is a subspecies of love. It's love towards those who are unlovable, those who cannot help themselves, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And so Bartimaeus shows himself to be a true son of God by faith, right? Not only in that uh, he believes and he asks, and Jesus says here, your faith has... Made you, made well. you well. Wrong. Saved you. Saved you, right? Yes. That's the thing. Like, I hate the way they translate this, right? 
because it's not just about physical healing here, right? Right. It's about salvation, salvation. right? And salvation is both physical and spiritual. And the two here run together, right? Your faith has saved you, right? It's a durative. It's a it's a perfect, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, which means that it happened, and it's continuing to happen. And, and then what does he do? He gets up and he follows, right? Mm-hmm. And what's crazy is, is that, uh, you know, the great lesson here, right, is that all these people are telling him to shut up, right? Mm-hmm. Shut up. You're not worth it. And he keeps crying out. And then what does he do? He joins with the very people who told him to shut up, right? Right. I mean, this shows uh, an honorable man, right? An honorable man who forgives the weakness and the sins of, you know, his fellow parishioners and follows Christ, right? So I have a question. How often do the does Jesus commend the disciples of their faith? Not very often. In fact, I can't think of a single instance where, you know... So do you think... Uh... In a, in a way that Bartimaeus understood Jesus even more than these disciples. Yeah, and that's why, I mean, if I were preaching this text, which I'm not, uh, I'd play off of the name, you know? He is honorable in that he gives Jesus the honor that he deserves, the honor that the disciples didn't give him because they don't understand. They don't understand what he's going to Jerusalem to do. I mean, this was hidden from them. This is a judgment against them. Uh, and he's a true son. He's a true son of his father, by uh, of the Father of Heaven by faith. Right. Um, And so you can talk about, you know, physical blindness versus spiritual blindness and which one is worse. You know, you could play the would you rather game with your congregation. Right. I mean, uh, well, I (laughs) mean, right. right. I mean, honestly, if you want to be, you know, super high school about it, you know, you could do that. Um, I'm not super high school. So, so, you know, pickle jar. (laughs) So. Um, but, uh, you know, you have that, you have the judgment against them and that this thing is hidden from them. Mm-hmm. Um, you have the issues of, you know, people really stomping on the faith of someone who, you know, is in need of mercy and yet he believes anyway, right? Which is, I think, a rebuke of all these people who say, you know, I've been so hurt by the church. Right. You know, I mean, like... Bartimaeus doesn't care because his eyes are fixed firmly on Jesus. And and Jesus' words really are essentially the same. By saying by by saving him, he was really using his death and resurrection. I mean, yeah. there's no saving without that. Right. So it really is the same message in both stories. Yeah, and I think too, you can even make a a deal between, you know, here Jesus uses son of man in the first part, right? When he's talking about his suffering and death, which is bizarre because, you know, it's like your favorite hymn, right? Beautiful Savior, mm-hmm. where it says, Son of God and Son of Man. Uh, but you read the Bible, and in Daniel, the Son of Man is never talking about, like, the human nature, right? It's always talking about this divine, right? Right. right. And so I would say that the Son of Man is actually referring to Christ's divinity, where Son of David actually refers way more to his humanity. Right, a king. Well, and not just king, but that he's physically descended from David right. through his mother, right? right? Um, so, yeah, I mean, you can do that. You can talk about mercy. You can talk about prayer, right? Christ here is headed to Jerusalem. He's ready to accomplish his great mission. And what does he do? He stops, right? Mm-hmm. He stands still. And he stands still to listen to this beggar uh, who wants his sight. And, I mean, you could ask, well, doesn't Jesus have more important things to do? 
No. I mean, that's what he came to do. We, right. But, I mean, the way that he accomplishes it is by going to the cross, right? right? So, I mean, you know, that's the thing is, like, Jesus hears prayer. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't just give us, you know, eternal salvation or spiritual salvation, but he actually takes care of the needs of the body as well. And I think that's a that's a good lesson for everyone to continue, because we talk about, you know, we got to be strong or this or that, but to actually trust God and trust his will, that he is merciful. Right. And that's why every service, what do we say? Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Right? Um, we are always referring to God's mercy, right? That is... That is really about the only attribute that we should really like cling to because it's the only attribute that saves us, mm-hmm. right? That he is merciful, um, and he shows his mercy in Christ Jesus. Now, if you're going to preach this as a, since, you know, Ash Wednesday isn't that far away, I mean, you could always preach it as, um, you know, the journey to Jerusalem, right? We're all on this journey to Jerusalem during this time of Lent over the next 40 days, mm-hmm. Right. Um, and we're going to see some pretty gnarly things as time goes on. Right. Uh, and it's going to get more and more intense. Which, which is really part of um, why denying yourself what has been done is it's taken a whole new level where it's mostly not helpful for most people anymore. But because it's like, you know, I'm going to, for Lent, I'm going to give carbs, you know, where Lent is a time to get abs for summer. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's you know what I mean. Yeah, but fasting but, is certainly fine outward training, mm-hmm. right? Because in a sense, what you're doing is you're placing yourself in the place of the blind blind man. You're placing yourself in a time of want, where you maybe understand the grace of God. Yeah, more. And I think that's the thing: is taking things away is definitely a good thing during Lent, right? Jesus mm-hmm. says, "When you fast." I mean, that's what we'll hear. For Ash Wednesday, right? Mm-hmm. Um, fasting is a good thing. Uh, going without is a good thing. Heck, even the uh, secular people say that going without is a good thing. I mean, they talk about uh, dopamine fasts. I mean, you see that all over like the art of manliness stuff, that the reason why we're so miserable is because we have too much stuff. Hmm. And Christianity has just been saying this for like 2,000 years. Right. I mean, you know, so. Right. <laughs> so, you know, Lent is a great time. I mean, don't just cut out chocolate, but like, Actually, cut down meals, right? Right, and, and the, you know? the whole the whole idea of this aspect too is is people have lost just living for purpose anymore. Yeah, and, dare I say a purpose driven life? Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> because but, because um, you know, with materialism and a lack of like uh, a holding of to a real truth. I mean, we're just wandering. We we see this when when Ukraine is attacked, and like, well, what do we do? It's just, there's just a lostness. At least Putin has a purpose. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and the thing is, is that, uh, and this is this will be a great thing for our next episode when we talk about uh, temptation, mm-hmm. right? I mean, because there's some there's a lot of temptation going on right now. You know, I was telling and... Vicar every year I spend more time on the Ten Commandments. Yep. <laughs> And so, yeah, I mean, it's just... Uh, With you, the confirmation kids. You know, if people actually went hungry, right? If they actually did fasting, mm-hmm. right? Actually. Or if you actually gave money to 
a particular project, right? You mm-hmm. actually took it out of your guilt-free sp- spending money, right? You know, and you... You know, I was first a pastor. I I will say this. There, there was a difference in that older generation, you know, not quite 25 years ago, mm-hmm. where, like, if you were 90 at that time, you literally did have times where you didn't have anything. Right. Where you didn't have food. Yeah. Where you actually were worried about... Where they used lard because they couldn't afford right. butter, you know? Right. Or they used rags to stop up their windows during the Great Depression. I remember uh, talking to uh, to a gentleman who grew up, both his parents died in the, the flu epidemic. Oh, yeah. I had a great-great-uncle who died, 20 and, years old. And uh, he was talking about when he got married, uh, they had, I think, two dairy cows— and their cash for the week was taking the butter into town. Yeah. Then they got had 10 cents to get the sugar that they needed. And then uh, they usually had another nickel to go to the picture show. Oh, big spenders. Right? That, that's, that was their yeah. life. And he said, well, that was, and he would say things like, that was the happiest time of our life. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and this is what, like, the Finnish are some of the, actually the most happy people on earth, right? And what do they do? They For... finish things. Ah. <laughs> they actually spend a month to six weeks. It's not my strong point, by the way. <laughs> yes. <laughs> really? Well, you started this rap. You have to finish I it I have now. to finish it now. Yeah. But the Finnish actually go out and uh, live in a cabin where there's no indoor plumbing, no heating, no nothing, right? And they go do that for like four weeks out of the year and rough it. And, you know, part of this is building like resilience, you know? So all of these secular people are saying all this stuff, right? Intermittent fasting is making a comeback, right? For like weight loss and, Mm. you know, all this, it's like, oh, maybe the Bible wasn't so dumb, you know? (laughs) Right. Maybe it, maybe these, these practices that our fathers had weren't so stupid, you know? And it's kind of amazing that all of this is being, uh, you know, there's an old story, right, where all these scientists are trying to climb the mountain, and, you know, after all of the struggle and all the strife, and, you know, they finally get to the top, and they're weary, and they're beaten down, and they see, you know, a bunch of pastors up there around a campfire. They're like, where have you guys been? You know? <laughs> well, I mean, this is the thing. is like, our fathers are not stupid, right? They know, they knew stuff. Right. Right? And we should actually have taken some of their stuff seriously. And that's what we're finding out now, right? It's not good to I, have this I, super... I can, I can say, you know, um, you know, almost 200 funerals into my time here in Hampton, and then many funerals before I even came to Hampton, mm-hmm. that I, I miss... There was a certain wisdom in that... Because gener- I've basically been a pastor now enough just in town for basically a whole generation. Right. You know, where I went, the older folks, I had their funerals. Now I'm, I'm burying their children, the second, next generation. And why are you killing your church? (laughs) (laughs) It's not a very uh, good church growth movement. Exactly. So, but, uh, but uh, I do miss, there's a lot of wisdom I miss that had a strong effect on, on the church. So, yeah, I, uh, I agree. You know, so I, you know, if you haven't, uh, I don't know, should we, should we talk about like what a Lenten fast might be? 
Sure. You know? I've never actually done it before. Just I'll to be give honest. just to get well, you've kind of been under enforced fast right. fasting anyways, right? Right. You know, I don't know. One thing I think you could do is, you know, cut out all alcohol during the week, with the exception of Sundays. Um, you know, there are different practices that like, you know, the Roman Catholics, well, they only eat fish on Fridays. But do you actually go to their fish fries? Yeah, it's it's not going without. Yeah, they are not going without, <laughs> right? I mean, so the whole point is to actually cut down on your meals, maybe even skip a meal, right? And then use that time to contemplate that man does not live by bread alone, right? I, I noticed that a lot of... Th- I don't have breakfast very much because I've noticed I'm actually more productive when I don't have breakfast. Yeah. I mean, it's amazing what your body does to make that work. So, so yeah. I, I mean, there's a lot of things you can do. I mean... Part of it is, is like if you make a practice of going out to eat, maybe during lunch you don't, you know, and yeah, then you give there's... that, and then you give that money to something else, right? Or you increase your giving, right, to different things or something like that, you know. I can't remember how it came up, but we were talking about sacrificial giving in the Monday Bible study, and I was talking about how you know not here in Hampton, but there's places where people get Starbucks every day for four to six dollars for their fancy coffee and if you gave that up for lent how much money would that be you know you're doing without but you could even give instead give that money to the church right you know or or to a you know a missionary or Mm -hmm. or something something along those lines or uh, i know pastor bullhagen sits on um uh the lhf board the Mm -hmm. lutheran heritage foundation you know i mean they do a lot of good work too so i mean what do we have? Because it's quinquagesima, so 50 days to Easter. You know, could you imagine if, like, every day, so the first day, you know, you do a dollar, mm-hmm. right? Day two, you do two dollars, right? And you just keep increasing it all the way to Easter, right? I mean, that'd be one way of doing it, you know? Yeah, and if you get then, like, each week, you, you have five more people give a dollar, and then the next week, they each get five more people to give a dollar. Right, you know, challenge one another to do it, like... <laughs> I, I don't know. My uncle talked about this. I, bet, you know, I was trying to do a pyramid scheme here. Well, you know. Well, that's not such a bad deal. There you right? go. Pyramid schemes aren't the worst. <laughs> There's a the title of the show. You know, if pyramid <laughs> schemes aren't the worst. So, I mean, it's funny because my uncle, like, at his Wisconsin Senate church, yeah, you know, um, they actually challenge one another to do that. So, uh, every... Schemes? Not not a no not a pyramid scheme, but <laughs> they actually challenge one another like during Lent and stuff too. So you start off with uh, giving a dollar. So day one you give a dollar, day two you give two dollars, and then you know at the end of it you're given so much money, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a way just to you know try you know try to uh, be generous, right? Right to uh, thank God for all the things that you know He's given to us. So. I don't know. I mean, it's an idea, you know. So, but but we're not binding con. Okay, right. Excerpt. We're not binding consciences here, right? No one's saying you have to do this. Blah 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 blah. Right. Right. We're just giving you ideas to do stuff. Right. I'm so sick of people like. <laughs> uh, it's kind of like the crossing yourself thing. If you don't want to do it, don't do it. Holy right. cats! I mean, so anyway, rant over. Yeah, so the point is not to do it because you're earning righteousness, because it makes you a better person. Do it so that you can hear God's word. Yeah. Well, and in a way, 
if you're killing your old man that really wants to go out and get that Starbucks coffee or whatever, mm-hmm. it, it actually is making you a better person because it's killing the old Adam in you, right? Yeah. You know, I mean, that's the thing is like the old Adam isn't just, you know, gummed to death, right? He's actually crucified. and Actually, the, you know, that's one thing that if you, you've ever heard or talked to someone who is a, like a Orthodox Jew, that they kind of understand a little bit nowadays where they actually take Saturday and they completely unplug. Yeah. You know, they don't answer their phone. Yep, because it's work. Right. That's the problem. Right. No, 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 I'm not saying, okay, now Pastor Bullhagen says we should all be Pharisees. That's not what I'm saying. But- well, do you know in New York City they actually have, line, you know, like things hanging overhead, and it shows you how far you can walk on the Sabbath? Really? Yeah. So, like, you can't drive a car if you're, a, a, you know, a strict Orthodox Jew. Can't answer the phone. You can't turn on a stove because that's work. So they've, like, invented all these things to, like, turn on the stove for you. And, <laughs> you know, it's such hypocrisy. I just hate it right. so much. But the idea of actually, like, spending time with your family without any it, distractions. Exactly. Well, like, this is that's why— That's good. You know, yeah, exactly. This is why I actually um, admire some of the, the tenets of the Amish because, you know, they they try to limit their technology— um, in order to fulfill the Ten Commandments, right? So, like, we're not going to have a phone in the house because I'm going to want to talk to my friends and not go talk to my neighbors, right? Mm-hmm. It actually keeps you grounded in, like, reality. But as, as human goes, what they do now is they find ways to skirt around it where it becomes just a strict law rather than the spirit of the law. Right, you know, and, like, I'm just saying intentional living is a good thing, Right. Mm-hmm. Like some people I know of uh, LCMS pastors, they don't have TVs in their homes. You know what? That's a great thing. You know, I'm glad that they're that they're doing that because they think it's not the best practice for their family. And you know, I can I support that. That's awesome. And I actually had that moment where I wanted to throw my TV out the window uh, try last a, week. Try after watching like 20 hours of Coco Melon, and you have these stupid songs running through your head, and you're oh like, my. man, I just want to like check the TV in the garbage. And you think I'm you think I'm joking. I am not I know joking. what he's talking about. Yeah. When you hear the, you know, tomorrow is the first day of school. Tomorrow is the first and then it just keeps going and it keeps going and it keeps going and it keeps going. Just like Lamb Chop, right? This is mm-hmm. the song that doesn't end, right? Never ends, right? Well, they understand catechesis. Oh. <laughs> yeah. They do, actually. So Where was what? I? Oh, because I was gonna because if you listen to the last show. It was all about getting dunked on, right? Because I was excited about I did the... not listen to the last show. I know you didn't. That's why I'm informing you. Why do you say that? Like, I listened... Because I know you were busy. I was busy. Right. But tell me. You you listen, to be honest, you listen when you know that you might be discussed. Exactly. <laughs> I do. <laughs> I, I don't apologize for it. No. Uh, so. I don't listen to the episodes I'm not on. Do you listen to the ones that you are on? A lot of them. <laughs> Peter does. I, I, I must say, and I'm not 100% because I kind of lived it. But Peter could maybe throw some things in there that I maybe don't always aware of. What are your feelings, Peter? You're quiet. Not aware of. I, dude, you're in like every episode. What do you want from me? That's, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> that's why That was my point. I am in every episode. And even the one I wasn't in, 
we did a. I want to say there's like three you haven't been in. There was there, one. There was one with Burns and I. Okay. And then there was. I want to say there was another one. But the, even the one that with Burns and you, I was in. Were you? Yes. You don't oh. remember this whole thing where, where you guys were in it and Peter and I did the director's cut. Yeah, but that was the that was the next episode. <laughs> that was a different episode. <laughs> uh, it was a thing. I know it was a thing. Yeah. But grumble grumble. Okay, so I'm sure they're sick of us talking about stuff. So we should probably move on to another section. Yes. Yeah, we need to get into Vicar stuff. Yeah, Vicar. Don't be boring. But oh, uh <laughs> we we try to do this every year. We do a public service for pastors. See, this should be called Vicar. Do that. <laughs> <laughs> right. So uh um what we do is because Wednesday is Ash Wednesday, right? Now, what we do here is we do the the propers for Ash Wednesday, and then we do this the Lenten series starting after that. <gasps> yeah. <laughs> That's what we do. What 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 did you used to do? <laughs> That's exactly right. <laughs> ah, the good old days. <laughs> Are you on the one series over there in, in uh, Wyoming? Yeah, they they actually are. Uh, they also use the 1941 Catechism, so that's awesome. Oh wow! Which hymnal do they use? Uh, both LSB and TLH. Mm-hmm. Just like I, I don't know if they do any uh, ELH, but that's kind of what I what I did uh, in Latimer. So well, it's nice that they have LSB so they can sing to Jordan Cain, the Christ our Lord. Boo! <laughs> so, getting off track. So getting back on track. Back on track. Um. We try to do a service for the pastors who, if they're kind of like me, probably don't have their Lenten stuff ready yet. See, I thought you would have had it all done already. Well, I have a vicar that does it for me. <laughs> you farm it out. I yeah. like that. Yeah, the it's whole true. idea is, well, you know that first year when you're a pastor, right? So vicar is like China, and you're like the U.S. Right. Okay, Right. good. Except China is in debt <laughs> in this scenario. <laughs> but well, China is in debt. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> but uh, the point well, is, the way, because Vicar America also pays China. Not no, that here's much. here's the wisdom behind doing this for the podcast. Okay, because when you're a vicar and you're planning a midweek Lenten service, you put a lot of work into it. You think through everything very deeply. If you've been a pastor for 17 years, eh, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> let's be honest. You wing it. Not, I mean, I remember one time I asked, uh, uh, what are you guys doing for Lent at the Winkle? It was like a, the week before Ash Wednesday one year. And mm-hmm. like half of them were like, I don't know. And so I, I, I wasn't, I wasn't one of those. And and the vicar, I actually had the vicar then say, okay, this is what vicar's doing. And some of them used it. <laughs> That's awesome. So, so this is for those pastors. Do you, do you think some of our senior members in our, in the circuit listen to this? Uh, no. Oh. But the one of them who him? hadn't had anything planned yet had a very large mustache. <laughs> should should we send him, like, a transcript of this? No. No? No. Oh. Right. We, uh, he wouldn't listen to it because we don't have letters. <laughs> oh, burn! Inside joke. Well, you know, I'm glad we're <laughs> drinking tequila, which has aloe in it, right? There you go. 
because that was a burn. So getting to our point. Oh. (laughs) Vicar has really thought through in great detail uh, his Lenten series. And the idea is when I do this for the Vickers is that first year when they're a pastor and everything's crazy and like, oh, no, what am I going to do for Lent? What do they have? It's true. The Lutheran Missal. <laughs> no, you're right. I understand. I am completely Boy, behind you. you're snarly today. <laughs> Mailing it in. Indeed. His mind is on the, the barren lands of Wyoming. <laughs> Go west, young man. Okay, Vicar, you better okay. save us from ourselves. <laughs> so, Vicar, tell us about uh, what uh, your, your uh, Lenten plan so that the ill-prepared ADD pastor can do his work. Okay. Or do your work. So I've, I've heard it done before with the Lord's Prayer um, for a Lent sermon series, and I wanted to do my own version of it, so um, kind of doing this one from scratch. So I've, I'm taking petitions from the Lord's Prayer each Lent midweek service, and we're actually going to say it during the service and the explanations responsively, and then um, I'm going to preach on it, and I've picked a text to go with each of the petitions that uh, is a scene from Jesus' passion. Okay. So so are we doing all of these at once, or are we doing these like... One a week. One a week. Okay, Sometimes good. two. Like the first week, here's what I have for the first week, Lent 1. And this works good, I think, because do you recall what the text is for Ash Wednesday? Is this... Gospel or Gospel. Old Testament? Okay. Uh, when you fast, do not be like those who... Uh, uh, and when you pray? Did, yeah. Is it? I thought it was... One of them was uh, Matthew 6, Lord's Prayer, isn't it? Uh, maybe. I mean, I don't know if traditionally it's that. But... Well, that would work out cool if it was, but I don't recall. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's uh, Ash Wednesday's Matthew 6. It is... In the one-year lectionary. Let's see here. The gospel. The gospel, not just a gospel. Yeah. So, that's a good start, but the first week of Lent... Yeah, but it doesn't have the Lord's Prayer in it. No? No. 1 through 6. 6, 16 through 21 is what I have, but maybe you have, you know... 1 through 6, 16 through 21. Anyway... The first week of Lent, uh, midweek, I'm gonna we're gonna say the introduction and the first petition. And the text that I have going with that is John 17, the high priestly prayer. Good. So as Jesus is preparing for his journey to the cross, he's got his disciples, well, and us too, on his mind. But he's talking about these things that are also in the in the Lord's prayer. Uh, you know, manifesting his name to the people, things like that. And um, Do you have a sermon outline or anything for the really lazy pastor? No, I didn't bring that with. Oh, he's got the sermon done, though. Yeah, nice. No, I figured he did. Yep. So that so. One, I've got a couple of these done, and some of them are still in the works. But so, so, it's going to uh, be a very baptismal sermon, you know, talking about with hallowed be thy name. Our Father who art in heaven, and hallowed be thy name. So baptismal, you know, being, bringing, being brought into the family of God and then living that. So 
And then what what uh, hymns do you have? You have that with you, right? So every week we're gonna sing um, from Martin Luther's "Our Father." Who from heaven above? LSB seven sixty six. Nice. And we're only gonna sing the petitions that go with that week, and the last one, um, stanza nine. Vicar, you're too nice. But it's gonna build on it. So the first week we'll sing uh, stanzas one and two and nine. The second week we'll sing one, two, three, and nine. And okay, so on good. And so, forth. so they'll good work. So Berg, what what would uh, uh, your favorite pastor that you just found out about a couple weeks ago say? If people complain about singing all the verses, what would he say? <laughs> you you ain't worth 15 cents. <laughs> Sing 15 stanzas. <laughs> Stop building your kingdom in the video room. Yep. Or you cut and paste my hit. Boy, yeah. this really left a mark on you, right? <laughs> You've been probably practicing memorizing at home. But no, that's great, Vicar. You're doing a great job, and uh, so what led you to choose the uh, John text? Oh, just I thought it would go well with the, uh, especially the first petition, hallowed be thy name, because Jesus talks a lot about in that prayer how he did that, hallowed God's name for the people. Mm-hmm. And uh, the second midweek is the... Week number two. Thy kingdom come, and... The text I picked for that is John 18, 28 through 40, which is Jesus before Pilate. And oh, like, my kingdom is not of this world. Right. Yeah. He mentions the kingdom several times. He's yeah. being interrogated. Are you king of the Jews? Mm-hmm. And, and Vicar's got a good little sermon for that already, talking about we, how we all want our kingdom, right? In the video room. That's right. Yeah. You know, we build our kingdoms, kingdom of healthcare. Indeed. Kingdom, you know, of education. Kingdom, Kingdom of, of Science. The, and of Atrex. <laughs> and of Atrex. Oh, wait. So, I, I missed that boat. Sorry. The Kingdom of the Freak Factory. But it's a good time also to talk about the <laughs> that we live in two kingdoms, because that was a clash of two kingdoms right there. Right. Because so. you mentioned this. A lot of things that led up to Jesus' death were people trying to preserve their earthly kingdom. You know, and that's what actually the text uh, for Sunday teaches us too, right, that he's handed over to the Gentiles, but they don't just kill him. They actually try him, mm-hmm. right? I mean, even though they are wrong to do so, he is tried in a court of law, and Jesus submits to their judgment, to their verdict. So I do mention that too. Also, fourth commandment, look at how Jesus is before the authorities of the kingdom of heaven. He's still uh, respectful. Yeah, he still testifies to the. I truth. think the biggest issue is that the Sanhedrin they weren't very diverse. Yeah, I mean they weren't woke, woke enough. They needed a little more uh, critical Equity race theory. <laughs> All right, you're doing good, Vicar. I know we're annoying you, but you're doing good. <laughs> yeah, it's nothing new though, right? <laughs> Poor Vickers. They have to put up with a lot yeah, of stuff. The Vicar's getting annoyed. That's going to stop me, right? <laughs> So then the third week. Week number three. The third petition, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Uh, So the reading is from, I haven't decided, it's either going to be Matthew 26, 36 through 46, or Mark 14, 32 through 42, but it's Jesus prays in the Garden of Gethsemane. Oh, okay. So he's definitely praying that, you know, but your will, thy will be done. That's a no-brainer. What what, what was a hymn for week two? Did you tell us what your kind of... 
Because there's someone writing this down right. as we speak. Like, yeah. Oh, what are we? What okay, so for week one, I have the 766, Our Father, Who from Heaven Above. Then the communion hymn, because we're doing a divine service, is 418, O Lord, throughout these 40 days. And then the closing hymn is 605, Father Welcomes. So I want to keep playing on that baptismal theme. Yep. For the second week, with Thy Kingdom Come, our hymns are 766 again, with the appropriate stanzas. Communion hymn 420, Christ the life of all the living. And the closing hymn 442, All glory, laud, and honor. Mm-hmm. Week three. Week number three. The hymns are 766, again. 758, The Will of God is Always Best. And yeah. 436, Go to Dark Gethsemane. And I also want to mention in that sermon, Matthew 1250, where Jesus says, "Whoever for whoever does the will of my Father in heaven is my brother and sister and mother. Mm-hmm. It's a good time to talk about that. All right. Week number four. Number four. Are you getting this down, people? All right. Do we need to talk slower? Right. Well, yeah, well. Can, well, on your podcast, you can actually make it like right. half speed. So. Do, you, do you know another reason why I like to do this on the podcast? This is a way if the vicar tries to steal from Concordia Pulpit resources that they'll be sued. <laughs> ah, that's right. Copyright. All right. Take that, CPH. Come <laughs> after us. At me, bro. <laughs> What week are we on? Week four. Week four. The fourth petition. Give us this day our daily bread. So the text is Luke 22, 1 through 29, institution of the Lord's Supper. And the hymns are 766, 625, Lord Jesus Christ, life-giving bread, and 434, Lamb of God, pure and holy. So why that text, Vicar? Well, that's a good time to talk about not just uh, the the daily bread, the needs of our body, but the life-giving bread as well that Jesus brings for us in himself and in the Lord's Supper. Because in many ways, the Lord's Prayer itself is a Eucharistic prayer. Wouldn't you say, Berg? Some would say that. Some have said that that prayer was used as f- for the flow of a divine service back in the early church. Yeah, I think Burnell Eckert, there, there's actually a whole debate on this uh, online on the Godestines podcast. You know I'm all about the online debates. Podcast? I mean, it was good, actually. Uh, him and Stuckwish actually had some really good discussions about the the placing of the Lord's Prayer. Uh, one great thing that I had never thought about before that they both kind of talked about is that um, when you pray the Lord's Prayer, like, you pray it, and it gets answered right away, right? God's yeah. kingdom comes, you know, his name is hallowed, God's kingdom comes, his will is done, um, you know. Well, give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our trespasses because you're eating Jesus' body and blood. You know, deliver us from evil, et cetera, et cetera, right? I mean, mm-hmm. so it's all, like, answered, you know. So you pray this, and then, boom, it's done. That's why I don't like, uh, oh, what, what is it, Divine Service Setting 1 and 2, where they have that separate column where, like, you have the consecration, and then it's like, you got to do all this other junk Yeah. before the distribution. It's like, come on. Pray it before, and then it's answered. Boom. You're done. So I don't like Divine Service Setting 1 either. It's like the Woody Woodpecker Mass. Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna. Uh. <laughs> you are salty today, Bird. So, there you go. <laughs> Fifth week. Number week five. 
<laughs> Fifth petition, and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And the sixth petition, and lead us not into temptation. A vicar. So, that week, the text is going to be Luke 23, verses 26 through 43, where Jesus forgives from the cross, and he forgives the thief on the cross. Mm. So That's why we don't there. need to be baptized, right? Was he baptized? I know, I'm being salty, so <laughs> go into your answer. My, what is baptism other than dying with Christ? <sighs> oh! Vicar. Oh! It, it's okay, yeah. I mean... We, you know, more than likely he was probably circumcised. Bird just got dunked on. Right? What it does show is that uh, there is such a thing as, you know, deathbed conversion. Right? Right. So, but... Uh, now, if now if the, the thief on the cross had not been circumcised, then what? I mean, more than likely he was a Jew. Okay. I mean, and who knows? He might have even been baptized by John. You never know. You know. It's an argument from silence, but more than likely he was a Jew, and all Jews were circumcised. And if there was a great earthquake and he fell off the cross, ouch! He could have, and he ran away. What would we have done? If you were crucified, you wouldn't be running away. If though, he if you were been hobbling away, he yeah. was. He never rejected baptism. He, he would have been saved, right? He didn't reject baptism. He would have been baptized. So, absolutely. So, it's a good time to also mention that sermon. Matthew chapter 4, Jesus' temptation in the wilderness. Our favorite. Yeah. Which so, is the backwards. It is the opposite of the Lord's Prayer. Right? Indeed. Oh, and Go into that. Click. Okay. So oh. well, what are the temptations that are offered? Daily bread. Daily bread. Change these stones into bread. Mm-hmm. Right? Temptation. Uh, and uh, evil. Well, kingdom. The, the kingdom, you know. Uh, basically offering Jesus the kingdom without For thine is the kingdom? Is that what you're getting at? Or? Well, thine is the kingdom. The devil offers him all the kingdoms of the world. Of the earth. Yeah. Of the earth. Yeah, yeah. No, I understand that one. It's, uh, But it's not backward because you got, give us this day our daily bread, and then you got what? Or are you working backwards like, give us this day no, our I'm daily bread? No, I'm saying that. I'm saying that. I will be done. I'm saying and... that the temptations, not, not uh, a numerical order. Oh. Okay. I am talking about... It is the inverse. see that would actually be a really cool sermon because it'd be like uh, it it'd be like a satanic mass like a black mass right he is offering Jesus because the af- it, he's tempting Jesus with everything that is opposite of the Lord's prayer see that'd be a great uh, like wouldn't that be great your first paragraph could be about like Black Sabbath not the band mm-hmm. but you could mention the band because actually that's what you could do is start with give us this day our daily bread right and the inverse of that. Thy will be done, that you shouldn't tempt the Lord your God, and then um, thy kingdom come, because he offers in the kingdoms mm-hmm. of the world. So, boom, there you go, people. You got your sermon for Invocavit right. done. So how do you face temptation? With the Lord's prayer. Or just the word of God. The Lord's prayer. Ten commandments. the word of God. Yeah, they're all the word of God. And Jesus is actually the answer to every petition of the Lord's prayer. Yeah. So good work, Vicar. You like this? Well, so the hymns for that uh, Lent five would be seven sixty six. Hymns for week number five. Four twenty one. Jesus grant that balm and healing, and eight forty three. Forgive our sins as we forgive. And then for I have a seventh petition left to do, so I'm going to do that on Good Friday. But deliver us from evil, which happens on the cross. So John nineteen verses one through forty two, the death of Jesus on the cross.
and the hymns, 766 again, 453 upon the cross extended, 451 stricken, smitten, and afflicted. Oh, not, uh, O sorrow, dread, our God is dead upon the cross extended. O darkest woe. I've <laughs> got to make sure we can sing them here, that that they'll know. So See, if we just sang it on the podcast. Yeah. So my mom keeps saying, if we just sang a hymn every time. <laughs> and you could do the conclusion on Easter morning, for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. You could. But I want to keep we want to keep it scriptural. But that's what, you know, Henry the Eighth said, so <laughs> Oh. Good work, Vicar. Good work. I know we we uh we tried to distract you a little bit. You did good. You powered through. Didn't he, Peter? You powered through that? That's right. And you'll still talk to us when we're done? Maybe. Yep. We'll see about that part. All right, quick news that bothers Bird. Bird. We have to do this. Bird. Berg. Berg. Don't go there. <laughs> Bird is the word? Yeah. Um, uh, because I think these work better in person. So, And Hannah's been sitting on this for what? Two for months? For two months, maybe? Yeah. <sighs> Poor Hannah. So what should Peter do? Uh, ask for donations. <laughs> there's fake news. There's real news. Then there's real news that Berg wishes was fake. It's time to hear... News that bothers Berg. So this was offered by Hannah. This is from January 17th, 2022. Probably just came out when Hannah emailed this to us. And it is, uh, what is platonic life partnership? These couples are breaking societal relationship norms. So, uh, Peter, you want to read this to us? Not particularly, but I'll do it anyway. (laughs) You got this, Pete. April, Lexi Lee, and Renee Wong have been best friends since they were 12. After supporting each other through the highs and lows of life, school, and boyfriends, they took their relationship to the next level by becoming platonic life partners. When Lee, 24, moved to Singapore from Singapore to Los Angeles for college, the best friends became long distance but remained emotionally strong. And as the pandemic hit, they both graduated, they felt this gravitation towards each other. How you doing, Berg? You bothered yet? I think it's hilarious. Keep going. <laughs> We work so well together. We're such great partners and support each other and love each other so much. We we never see each other leaving each other, Lee explains. So why is this not a stable foundation to start life and start a family and all those things? Why is it not as stable, even more stable, than traditional romantic marriage? Then it clicked. <laughs> Wong moved to the United States and they be- and to become Lee's platonic life partner. Wong move. Keep going, please. Nah, I just wanted to let that one sink in a little bit. (laughs) Uh, I wasn't even interested in marriage to begin with. Neither of us were, Lee says. But then with each other, we suddenly saw a future, and we were like, this fits. I would do this with you. She describes the partnership as a deep platonic love and also a commitment to each other, like marriage, where we are trying to build the next step of our lives together. This includes things that typically married married couples would do, like starting a family and having a joint bank bank account to achieve the goals of buying a house and more. So, Berg, what are your feelings on this? Why do you think Hannah wanted how this would bother you? I mean, it doesn't bother me. I mean, this is like what we call friends. I mean, it it doesn't it doesn't bother me. I mean, like, oh okay. I mean, they're not sexually like. Well, the thing that bothers they, me is are they married? The children aspect of it. 
The what? The children aspect. How are they going to have children? Well, couldn't friends adopt and uh, raise children? I mean, it's not exactly. I mean, the thing is, it's all screwed up anyway, right? Right. It is. Like, I mean, the way that we view marriage has been broken since the 1950s when, you know, uh, California said that there was no fault divorce. I mean, honestly, like, we've been screwed up for longer than my parents have been alive. So you're saying you would prefer this over a bad marriage? Well, the thing is, is that what what I don't like is that they've sexualized it all. My platonic life partner, blah, 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 blah. It sounds gay. <laughs> it does. It sounds gay. But it's not gay. What, what they're really talking about is friendship. And you know what? Friends should help you raise your children. Mm-hmm. They should. Right. Right? I mean... Like, you look at uh, the descriptions of David and Jonathan, and I've had parishioners ask me, uh, you know, if they were, you know. Yeah. Right? I mean, you know. and But that's the thing is that, you know, you want your friends involved in child rearing. Right. If they're real friends, right? We've just forgotten yeah. what but, it but, means but to but be. But what about how, how are, see, I, I think, I think, though, there's a problem with this is the fact that one, if biologically it's set up by God for us to have a father and mother, yeah, and have I, a child. What I'm what I'm saying is is like, it's. Does it surprise me? No. Is it the way it's supposed to be? Probably not. I mean, really, what they should be doing is getting married and then sharing the duties between themselves. Right with the raising of children, mm-hmm. right? Right. I mean, we always say it takes a village. Well, we don't actually believe that, right? Right. Unless it's the government. So there are some things you like, other things you don't like. Yeah, I mean, you know what these these two people are friends, and that's a wonderful thing. The problem is, is it's the way that it's described is in sexual terms, right? Only they say we're sexual partners, but we're not really sexual. But don't Which you think it's, it's, friends. it is, a, in a way, a same-sex marriage just without the sex? There's no such thing. You don't think? No, I don't. It's like calling it a bromance, right? What people really mean is that these people are friends. Now, have these people ever been taught what friends really are? Probably not. Have they ever been taught what marriage is? Probably not, right? Mm-hmm. So they recognize what friendship is— that they are on the same level, that they're walking shoulder to shoulder with their eyes focused on a goal. And that's a good thing, and I can rejoice in that. Right. But the, the problem is is that they're all screwed up, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, they don't understand what marriage is. They don't understand what eros is. And uh, I have a question. What does Plato have to do with it? Well, um, this comes from Plato's Symposia, his dialogue on, on friendship, Right. And not just friendship, but more of a kind of a platonic, non-sexual love. And uh, it's kind of gross because it actually has to do with, with homosexuality and that sort of thing. So, you know. I appreciate gross, a but... real answer there, Berg, even though, and I'm sure you knew this, he was he said Play-Doh. No, I was say I saw the platonic, and I knew if I mentioned Play-Doh, because I have no idea what Play-Doh has to do with platonic, I know he would know. 
okay. Anyone in my life would know that. So I, I just figured that I was just the, gleaning the, that information out. The of it. I know. I look at Vicar. He would not know, right? Nope. Do you know Peter? Who would know? Well, the Berg would know. Okay. Platonic, right? <laughs> I was showing off. I was showing off my co-host here that Berg would actually know <laughs> what Plato has to do with this. Okay, that's what I was doing. Anyways, you okay? I'm offended. I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean... Continue on, my friend. I'm not moving in with you. <laughs> as long as there's a joint bank account. <laughs> so, but, they're, so they're roommates with the legal status of being married. Yeah, I mean, and you know, this is the thing. 20 years ago, like with Full House and all that stuff, I mean, you could have you know, friends and relatives living in the same house, right? I mean, isn't that the whole thing of uh, Full House, mm-hmm. right? Where Joey, who's a friend, lives in the basement and uh, the brother-in-law lives upstairs, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's the thing. It's like this, up until about 20 years ago, this was Laverne and Shirley? I, I'm sorry, I don't know. You don't know who Laverne and Shirley is? Anybody? I'm, I'm sorry. You've never watched Laverne and Shirley? Figure. Okay. Hassan Pfeffer Incorporated. Anybody? No. I'm sorry. Oh, I messed up those words. They worked at a brewery <laughs> in Milwaukee. Well, I've seen the intro, but I've never watched an actual episode. I like Shirley was one of my first childhood crushes. That doesn't surprise me. And they worked at a brewery. That's Lenny awesome. and Squeaky. You don't remember Lenny and Squeaky? They were platonic friends. So were Bert yes. and Ernie platonic friends? Yes, I think they were brothers. Oh. Right? I don't know. I want to say they were brothers. I'm going to say they're brothers. Peter's on this. So. <laughs> I just can't. <laughs> <coughs> All so, right. You guys anyways, really were trying to... to record two episodes today. Huh? Right. We got one more. It's going to be amazing. Oh, my gosh. It's going to be rad. All right. So. All right. Uh, thank you for listening. I'm Bullhagen. <coughs> I'm Berg. And I'm Vicar. And may your friendship be platonic. <laughs> Thank you for joining us. This podcast is available on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or wherever else you get your podcasts. Questions, thoughts, concerns? You can contact us on Facebook at facebook.com slash podcast. On Twitter, at P for podcast. Or email us at feedback at Thanks for listening to Clerical Airs. See you next time.